0: Welcome back to the Freedom Flipping Podcast, where we're all about building up and selling online assets to achieve financial freedom. This is episode seven, and on today's show, I've got a great guest, Mark from Authority Hacker. Mark is a fellow Brit, and he's got a great backstory of how he got into online entrepreneurship, how he met his business partner, Gail. They're both really successful at what they do, building their authority sites, such as healthambition.com and authorityhacker.com, and we just have a really great conversation. Uh, Mark is so, f- you know, so uh, legitimately confident in his ability, and it really shows through. P- my favorite segment was where we're discussing whether it's better to build versus buy these authority sites, and Bark uh, has a really great answer that, that really changed my perspective. Um, it gets really cool at the end. We start talking about investing and in poker and actually online multiplayer games. Uh, we talk about whether it's better to have a home office or uh, your own office or a co-working space. Uh, i'm personally working on my own kind of sick billion style office Um, mark is wanting to achieve a a kind of a crazy billion style house (laughs) this is a longer term game uh goal such a great chat i had so much fun listening to again the show notes are actually running at about 1100 words just because i'm enjoying making so many notes so the url that you should check out is richardpacycom forward slash authority hacker and enjoy the episode guys cheers
1: Hey, how's it going, Mark? It's going fantastic, Rich. How, how about you?
0: Good stuff, man. How's the uh, what's the weather like in Budapest? Here in the UK, it's been thunder and hailing.
1: Mate, I'm in Dubai at the moment. Oh it's wow! Thir- Thirty-seven degrees. I was in the pool this morning, um, <laughs> so can't, can't really complain, you know.
0: Oh, mate, awesome! I didn't know. Very cool. It's uh, a little little break because I heard on uh, on your own podcast uh, that you like to take uh, kind of weekend trips. Is that correct? Like uh, different places.
1: Um, actually, not so much recently. Like in the last year, I bought an apartment in Budapest. Um, so I, actually, I've been trying to spend a bit more time there to like sort stuff with that. But actually, uh, my girlfriend lives in Dubai at the moment, so I'm kind of ah. commuting here every month for a couple of weeks. Um, so it's it's a bit rough on the old uh, budget flights, but uh, it's quite nice to be here when the weather's, is when the weather is good.
0: How, what's the is a direct flight?
1: Yeah, well, I'm pretty lucky actually. I mean, Emirates fly, but it's like 600 euros return. But Wizz Air, which is a budget airline in Eastern Europe, they've started flying direct. Um, So it's like five and a half hour flight. But it's like, mate, it's like 150 euros return all in with extra legroom seats. From Budapest
0: to Dubai? yeah it's um, insane. unbelievable because so, yeah. uh my wife is slovakian and uh we often get with air from luton in the uk to uh, yeah. pop poprad in the in the slovakian tatra mountains where she's from uh uh-huh. and yes yeah, so i'm familiar with the with the airline they're a great airline um unbelievable i didn't know they had that route that's yeah uh, it's really it's popular actually yeah 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 very cool man so uh yeah be uh good to get into uh the discussion um I mean, we get to start with uh, as you are. Uh, do you call yourself a Brit? You're from Scotland, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I
1: I voted no, in or uh, I didn't actually vote because I wasn't living there. But I would have voted no in the independence thing. I'm British. Yeah. I don't really. I don't even really identify myself as British that much. Nor I'm just do I. I a I person, actually, you know.
0: Yeah, me too. I actually don't like the tag. Uh, I don't really like too many things about Britain <laughs> and British people. Yeah. <laughs> the culture in general. Uh, Same you know, here. Yeah. So but what part of uh, where did you uh, grow up in in the UK?
1: So I was born in uh, the wonderful town of Aberdeen Mm -hmm. in northeast Scotland. Yeah. Um, But when I was uh, two years old, I think it was um, my family, we moved to America for like three or four years. Um, So that's why my accent's really kind of a bit messed up um, and no one seems to be able to figure out where I'm from.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I mean, it's all messed up. If uh, anyone who's British who works online, it's gonna be pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, I actually deep...
1: thought you were Australian when I first heard you speak. Yeah, like... my,
0: my accent's probably worse than uh than than most. I spent time traveling uh in my twenties, and then did a ski. What really did it for me was doing a ski season in Whistler in Canada. Uh, oh, nice. I was just working in a ski shop full of Australians, and most of the people, most of the customers, you know, fifty percent were Australian. It's a uh, this big uh big retreat for, uh, for Australian people so it got pretty screwed up from there and then anyone who works online we're, we're kind of talking with mostly American people all the time so yeah uh, we've got no chance really uh so Aberdeen yeah I mean what just kind of briefly what's what's been your your journey how did you get out of uh Scottish city did you start uh, do a degree and graduate and then have to get a job was that the the kind yeah, of path yeah so-
1: so I mean, I had a I had a fairly standard British middle class upbringing, <laughs> you know. Grew up in the suburbs, um, you know, not not rich, not poor, yeah. kind of middle middle of the road. Um, got decidedly average grades in in high school. Um, went to university um, in Edinburgh. Um, got I mean did decidedly average in in that as well. What did you study? Um, I study business studies. Yeah, me too. Me I, too. I don't really classify business studies as a subject. It's just
0: It's ridiculous. Yeah, je-
1: it's just like um, interesting words for what is mostly common sense. Yep. Um I mean there are some technical parts like if you go do accounting and stuff um uh, but I mean having run a businesses for, you know, what, like 7 8 years now, um I apply approximately 0% of what I learned in uh in uh, my master's degree in business (laughs) studies, uh, in my current business. Yep. Um, but after, so after uni, I got a job for, um, a company called Zurich, which is a insurance company. Um, quite big insurance company actually and they had like a graduate scheme and most of my school was kind of leading up to university most of my university was leading up to getting this kind of you know corporate job like you know get all the advanced training and you know you get to experience different parts of the business and all that and it sounded great in the brochure but about 15 minutes after I started the job on the first (laughs) day I realized this is not what I want to do this like it felt like i just been lied to my entire life about the reality of corporate work um and it was horrible and so for a year and a half i was pretty miserable there um uh, i hated almost every moment of it met some great people there and i actually did learn quite a lot about you know working in teams and that kind of stuff but um yeah it was it was horrible and i, I was looking for a way out i was looking uh uh, applying for jobs in like marketing companies. I didn't know anything about marketing. It just mm-hmm. looked cool and you didn't have to wear a shirt and tie, you know? Yep. Um, so, but I guess it can shone through in my application and my interviews for those companies is that I, I didn't really want to work there. I just didn't want to work in my current place. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So it was kind of like, I wasn't really getting anywhere with that. And, um, I, I just kind of like, I'd had enough at one point. So when the, the bonus day came around, I, I handed in my resignation, and I bought a one-way ticket to Thailand (laughs) Um, again I I really had had I mean I'd I'd read a tiny bit about affiliate marketing and this kind of stuff but I'd had uh, no success uh, no measurable success and I hadn't really done anything much at that point Um, I actually went out to Thailand to become a scuba diving instructor um, which was a lot of fun for six months or something but um, it doesn't really pay the bills, um, especially if you're drinking as much as I was out there. <laughs> um, so, what was,
0: what was one of the first blogs that uh, got you inspired to, uh, to move towards that part of the world and towards entrepreneurship? Can you remember back in the day? For me, it was Sean Ogle.
1: Um, it was chris guillebeau mm-hmm. um uh, i think it's, it's the art of nonconformity is a site i think it's chris or some, something like that yeah, yeah um he was kind of the first person i'd found online who wanted to visit every country in the world and um when i read that i also wanted to do that although i'd since abandoned that goal um but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that, that was probably my primary point of mo- motivation um, to do that back then. Plus, I, I'd done a bit of scuba diving before, and I, tra- I was fortunate enough to have traveled quite a bit um, in the summers when I was uh, at uni. Um, so I kind of caught the travel bug, and uh, I just I wanted to go explore. Um, and so I did that. Uh, the scuba diving thing, as I said, didn't really pan out very well. Um, and I actually blew through all of my money, or almost all of it. Um, so I'd heard, um, from some guy on a beach who, who had, uh, done like, had been a working holiday visa out in Australia mm-hmm. and he'd been driving tractors on some farm and apparently made a lot of money. Uh, so I bought a one way <laughs> ticket to Australia, got a working <laughs> holiday visa and, uh, I went there and actually it was quite easy. I, um, he told me the, the, the right places to go and stuff. And I, within, 48 hours of landing i think it was or even 24 hours of landing i had like a cell phone contract a bank account and a job Mm -hmm. um driving tractors which is something i'd never done before in my life i just kind of blagged it uh on the the interview um which it wasn't really much of an interview let's be honest the farmers aren't aren't greatest at uh human resources yeah um (laughs) so anyway went out to this farm and uh as it turned out driving tractors and 20 what was it no 2009 i think this was is actually a lot like playing video games um it's just basically a big square field and you just line the tractor up with this like invisible gps line and press a button and then it just goes straight and you get to the end of the field you turn it around and it goes the other way that's that's it you do that 16 hours a day seven days a week and in seven weeks you'll make I don't know like ten fifteen thousand dollars something like that Wow um, huh. so yeah it's, it's a great great boost uh, to the the finances um, so uh, but you know it's not very much fun um, you're, you're working all the time and there's like it's quite lonely as well could you
0: do any reading uh, in between pushing the buttons and changing yeah names?
1: so well, not reading but <laughs> I uh, I hit the audiobooks hard during the, during this time so yep. I was going through like um, one audiobook per day um, at, at this point. Um and uh, you know, I, I did all the like Malcolm Gladwell ones, um a, a bunch of kind of like interesting, you know, dinner conversation type ebooks, uh, or audiobooks rather. But I also read the four hour work week at that point, Tim Ferriss's one. Yeah. Um and that's that's probably the was the point where I kind of genuinely got excited about this like online business thing. Yeah, me too. Um yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people I know um, started there as well. It's a great book. I, I don't think it's hugely accurate in the, like, you're, you're only going to work four hours a week type thing. I, I don't actually know anybody that works four hours a week. Um, I'd be interested to hear from from them who did. But uh, it, it kind of it, it got the juices going, so to speak. And um, I, I ended up, so I left Australia and I was moving to Malaysia at the time. Um actually, my parents were were living there for a bit, so I was going to visit. And uh, I bumped into this guy in a bar in Singapore uh, like the night before I was getting a bus there. Um and that was my current business partner, Gail. Um, <laughs> and so we just randomly met in this bar, and uh, we, he was going to Kuala Lumpur uh, like the next week or something. So we sort of um, exchanged details and we met up there once, had a few beers, and kind of became mates and Really, um, so I I had had a little bit of experience in doing web design kind of stuff. I definitely wasn't a coder, um, but, you know, putting sites together and, you know, I kind of knew my way around a computer and whatnot. And Gail was actually also a business student. Um, He had just graduated. He was on his way to start an internship for a company doing SEO, search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. So then we... um, I think we were, we were pretty drunk one night and we just decided we should start our own web design slash SEO company and like get some freelance clients on the side and just work, work doing this. You know, he had his full time job. I actually, at that time I started doing uh, freelancing on Upwork
0: mm-hmm.
1: or Odesk as it was back then. Yeah. Um, and so we we're just really looking for a way to make a little bit more money. And you know, at the time I thought it was just uh, a drunken idea, but the next day we actually, we actually sat down and spent like eight hours planning out this business, um, built the site, did everything, uh, made all the SEO packages and and whatnot. And we launched that business. Um, and it, it took sort of four months of not very much effort, but like, you know, doing a bit here and there. And then we got like our first client. Um, and, know it was like 600 bucks a month which was a lot of money to me back then i think i I was probably making about a thousand bucks a month at the time from from freelancing. what year was this uh 2010 this would have been okay um um start 2010 yeah and uh so we yeah we got like three or four clients through this uh this seo three or four seo clients um no web design clients interestingly but um, that was the point when. So in in the middle there, I actually decided to move to Budapest just because I was I didn't really like it was too too warm in Kuala Lumpur, um, too humid. Um, didn't really like it that much. It's a decent place to visit, but nothing spectacular. So I, I wanted to move somewhere, um, yeah. but I I mean I couldn't afford to live in you know Western Europe or something at the time on a thousand bucks a month. Um, I don't so, think anyone
0: can afford to, to live it. People just bear it and you know, yeah. spend everything they earn and, and, and rack up debt. It's uh, anyway. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, So I mean, I was um, I, I was looking for somewhere to live. I wanted to, I wanted something European. So mm-hmm. I literally went on Google.co.uk, hit the maps button, and flicked the mouse, and it kind of landed over Hungary, Slovakia, and Austria. <laughs> and my exact decision-making process was to Google apartment prices in those three cities which yeah. ruled out Vienna cuz it's much more expensive. Yeah, yeah. So it was between Bratislava or Budapest. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I actually googled the Google image searched Budapest <laughs> girls, Bratislava <laughs> girls. Excellent. Budapest bars, Bratislava like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was yeah. young. Yeah, um, sure, sure. And uh yeah, Budapest looked a little bit better so <laughs> I booked booked a flight there. Um I was just re- really planning to stay for uh 2 or 3 months. Um but really just had such an amazing time in the first few months that I, I mean, I still live there. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, that was, that was kind of that. I then persuaded Gail to also move there to quit his job and move there and make like a full-time go of the, uh, the SEO stuff. Mm -hmm. So together with another guy, we, uh, we went all in on this and, um, it actually worked out really well at the start. It grew really, really, really quickly. Um, through, I mean, we were doing our own SEO back then through just contacts, like friends of friends of friends, just really like kind of hustling it. Um, and, uh, the other guy who we were partnered with at the time, he was kind of focused on the sales. So he did a really good job of that. And then, um, yeah, we, we ended up at this space where we had like 80 something clients and, uh, you know, a, a big office in the center of town and, you know, 30 staff working for us. Um, and then, uh, Google penguin hit and, uh, like 90% of our clients who were doing pure gray hat, like article marketing robot, unique article <laughs> wizard, like the yeah. real dodgy, dodgy SEO stuff. It, it um, worked. They got and, hit.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I used to sell SEO back in, uh, it was kind of after that. So I started kind of back in uh, 2012, 13. Um, mm-hmm. but still people were, were submitting to article directories and, uh, yep. it was still effective. I think 2013 was the year that it stopped. Kind of grey hat became uh, kind of doing it was was not a an effective ROI. I think I think that was the For year sure. that it stopped. Um, interesting. Yeah. So that was still uh, what year? Sorry, what year was that when you, this, when you got this to
1: the was? Peak? Uh, I think it was like 2012 when we got the first uh, penguin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was when it first came out. And as you said, there was that kind of like a year period when it was kind of like no one was quite sure what to do. Um, to actually do SEO yeah. now that these link networks were all being de <laughs> and stuff. So it's kind of like a year of figuring it out. Um, but we're a little bit fortunate in the sense that it wasn't, I mean, most SEO companies, this is what they were doing back then. So... A bunch of our clients wanted to leave but a bunch of everyone else's clients wanted to leave and then we all just kind of swapped a few clients and kind of ended up in a somewhat similar position to before except that the techniques we we wanted to use weren't really effective so we had to kind of relearn everything from the ground up and it was a it was a huge pain to to figure it all out again and you know we had to like get rid of some staff and like downsize and all that kind of stuff um, which was an interesting kind of learning experience, but not fun for for a lot of people, I'm sure um, and then uh, what happened after that? Yeah, so it was it was like quite a big deal for us like quite a lot of effort, quite a lot of um, heartache yeah if that's if that's the right yeah, thing yeah um, so we decided like look we can either figure out another kind of gray hat way of tricking the system or we can do this properly and never suffer from a penalty again. Mm-hmm. Um, So we decided to kind of knuckle down and really figure out how to do proper white hat SEO, proper ethical marketing that Google would not um, penalize ever. So that's like we we didn't jump on the PBN bandwagon. We didn't do any of that. We, We really did it properly um and um that was great you know um our, our clients it took a while for clients to see results because they weren't getting results in like two weeks like they were previously it was yeah. like you know six to twelve months before things started to to go did you have um,
0: to 2x or 3x the price because you're, you're yeah, rising? Yeah, for, yeah
1: for sure you know i think our average billing went from about five six hundred bucks to 1500 2k yeah. so yeah probably yeah, yeah. two three 2, x probably about the right um and then, yeah, so th- that actually went on reasonably well for a few years. But we, uh, I mean, to be honest, we had this like client burnout. Um, if anyone's ever worked with clients for like a long period of time, um, in fact, if anyone's ever worked with a client ever, you probably know it can be quite frustrating at times. And, um, you know, I'm a pretty straight up pragmatic guy and like doing all the politics and talking, talking around people and stuff, it's just I, I, I didn't enjoy that. Yep. Um, and there came a point when I think Gail and I realized that, look, our hearts probably aren't in this anymore. Um, and we were kind of started thinking about what else we might want to do. And uh, obviously we had these great skills that we'd learned from doing all the SEO and o- other kinds of marketing as well. It wasn't just SEO actually, but you know, all kinds of online marketing. Um, and we realized like, look, we're actually doing a very good job for some businesses. I mean, there was one case where a guy, um, a guy fired us because he didn't have the capacity to take on any more work because we're getting him too many new leads. Um, so I mean that was quite frustrating. But we thought, well, why don't we become this guy? You know, like why don't we build our own websites and yeah. um, and do do it that way? Like become our own clients essentially. Um, and that's what we did. We started uh, Health Ambition um, and authorityhacker.com. Hacker.com, um, and these are these are two still our two biggest uh, authority sites um and th- again there was a lot of figuring out what we had to do back then about like how do we um produce content how do we run a successful blog how do we get people keep people engaged and how do we how do we make money out of it uh, importantly as well
0: yeah uh, it's quite unusual to just uh, have the discipline to to focus on on building just a, a couple of sites um i mean did you experiment did you try a bunch of different niche sites uh and then focus on those two or was it you know very uh kind of purpose focused effort to to just have a, a couple of properties and and double down on those
1: yeah that's a good, good question and it's actually something i hear a lot on on authority hacker people say like oh should i start one site or should i, should I start 10 sites Um, And to be honest, we were somewhere in the middle uh, at the time, like when we were running the agency, we we, we were always looking for like a way out, almost like something else to start. And so we had a few little side projects starting up here and there that nothing really transpired of it. But when we started Health Ambition, um, we really, that was the one we started first, we really wanted to like properly make a go of it. Like we hired a a part-time writer to work with us full-time in our office and um, really like put quite a bit of effort into to making it work and that was the point where like okay we need to like really just focus on this because with most most sites like this it's it's the first six months you know you don't make any money and it's just maybe you'll see a bit of traffic increase but nothing really happens it's like one two years before you really start to things really start to take off in a big way um and the reason we started authority hacker second site at the time was because um, we were doing a lot of this online marketing, you know, for our clients. Again, we still had the agency at the time. Um, but, uh, the processes which we were we were creating for health ambition, we wanted to like document those, um, in a way. And then as we were doing that, we think, well, we discovered like, Hey, well, we might as well put this on a, a blog and like teach other people what we're doing and try and make some money out of that as well. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like our own process documentation. Um, and ha- actually having that like community of people following us and reading us, like forced us to stay on point, um, and to really like analyze what we were doing and break it down and, um, say, is this, is this the best way to, to do things? Like, you know, when you have to teach something, um, yeah, yeah. that's the best way of kind of internalizing things.
0: Did yourself or Gail have any personal sites, any, any, uh, personal brand domains at that point?
1: No, we didn't. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, Gail had previously started, a, a blog, like similar to authority hacker when we were doing, um, when we still had our agency, um, it's so maybe predates authority hacker by a year or two. Um, but he kind of like the typical story, like starts off well intentioned and then like after three months, like, um, drop drops off, like, uh, stopped, stopped, putting the effort in. Um, that was kind of like the predecessor to authority hacker though.
0: How long was it before um, you started mentioning Health Ambition? Was, was it right from the beginning? Uh, so how, so you started uh, Health Ambition around 2012, 13? is that right? Uh,
1: um, I think it was 2013 this was. And yeah. an
0: Authority Hacker a couple of years after that, or was it around
1: the same time? Uh, No, Authority Hacker was later that year, if I oh, remember okay. correctly. Uh, I might be getting my year, years mixed up. It might have been 2014, I can't quite remember. But...
0: <laughs> and were you mentioning Health Ambition right from the, from the beginning? Yeah, as, we as, were. As, as a public case study?
1: Yeah, we were. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of quite secretive about their domains yeah. and stuff. And to, to be honest, we are as well about our 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 other sites because we, we actually have quite a few more now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and really, it's just because copycats. Um, to be honest, copycats—they're not really like a big financial concern. It's I think the um, people who are uh, copying copying someone, they tend to do a very poor job of doing it. So. They tend not to actually take yeah. much away from, you. Um, but we wanted to have. I mean, we read so many online marketing blogs out there, and it was quite sort of theoretical, or the examples they were using were of the online marketing niche. Uh, and we felt that by actually having a big public case study site like Health Ambition, yeah, um, you know, it would uh, it would help us stand out a little bit more. And I think it's 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 done its job.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only way you can copy and succeed is to create better content and good luck versus people who are focused on uh you know uh, pushing the boundaries and, and having a very public successful site i mean how do you compete with that <laughs> that's a, yeah, a well, very effective it's, strategy it's, i yeah. mean we,
1: we have seen people um there's a, a ju- guy who has a juicing site who is basically a carbon copy of like a subsection of our site yeah and like the content's all right and he actually does rank yeah actually <laughs> out- ranks us for a few things okay um but the, there was a point like that section of the site it doesn't really make that much money for us anymore yeah. uh, or at the at uh, the time even it, it wasn't really a huge uh, earner and he's just taking um, your,
0: your best pages and rewriting and, and adding is, is that his approach? yeah basically yeah.
1: Okay. basically um, but actually um that's probably the one case where his content is better than our content um so you know i i can't really complain too much about that
0: i mean that's the thing i mean it, it takes a huge effort and resource and investment and and, and you know investing in terms of uh, of, of, of cost to actually be better than someone so i mean fair enough if someone wants to actually produce content that's goes the extra mile um then you know there's, there's a big investment and a big time cost to do that so it's uh absolutely yeah. it's not really uh it is copycat and it's it's not really cheating though it's uh to beat someone, you've, you've got to be better than them. So, uh, fair enough, I guess. But I mean, did you experience any, any negative SEO at all of any significance or that's not, that's not something that's, uh, we
1: experienced it once. Uh, I don't think it was because we had the public case study. I think it's because we, we wrote a review of a, uh, Clickbank ebook, um, something about, um, (laughs) improving your vision naturally or something, which, um, is actually bullshit. So, um, (laughs) we said so like we didn't recommend that product and that (laughs) was uh ranking like uh high up yes they were i I presume it was the product owner i I don't know it could have been someone else was um was sending us like a bunch of like really really spammy links um but it didn't have any effect on our seo like none whatsoever
0: to that exact page or other pages of your site
1: just just to that one page yeah
0: yeah Yeah. interesting um
1: so yeah so how Um,
0: you'd have to say uh you know any specifics, but I mean, how, how big is the? Are you actively trying to grow a bigger portfolio of uh, the sites that that you're not mentioning, uh, that aren't that aren't public? Is is that uh, something that you're focused on? On yeah boarding.
1: massively massively so we reinvest like the vast majority of our profits on uh, on building and growing out new sites like you know just content and link building for yeah. for new sites basically because
0: i know that you're, um, al- you're always ordering uh, huge amounts of new content for, for health ambition that you're mentioning on your podcast but would that be say maybe 20 or 30 percent of the cash flow um from health ambition from authority hacking and then the rest is into other sites uh, interesting kind of what percentage uh, split it is
1: the split, I think, I still say probably like uh, 60 something percent of the content budget goes to those two sites and the rest is, uh, is for other stuff. Okay. Um, but, you know, for, for newer sites, we're not as kind of gung ho about um, ordering, you know, like hiring two new full time writers or ordering a thousand pieces of content or something like that, which we, we, we have done this year for for Authority Hacker and Health Ambition. Um, so we're a little bit more kind of reserved in the early days with, with those sites and yeah. we're waiting until they kind of like a little bit uh, of income starts taking on before we really like go full force on it. But we have this idea of like, uh, uh a V one or version one of a, a site where we spend $10,000 on content. Um, and then once it's, once it's, once we've done that, once we've done all the link building around that, um then we kind of reassess like or sorry reassess things and then say okay where do we want to go from here do we want to double down on it or just keep it going along at it's at its current pace or or what
0: yeah so that's
1: kind of our our um um i don't know like our short-term goal with the new site really
0: have you seen marginal returns yet for content that you're investing in for health and vision or 30 hacker i see uh it's about 900 index pages for Health Ambition and about half that for Authority Hacker. Is there a limit on those sites, do you think? And then, you you know, once you reach that, you'll focus on, uh, you know, doubling down on, on the other sites in your portfolio? Uh,
1: I mean, I don't think there's a limit for Health Ambition. Um, I mean, we did some uh, brainstorming around uh, content. Uh, the end of last year to plan out this year and it took us no time at all to come up (laughs) with a thousand thousand articles to order yeah and that was just like in two sections of a mind map which had like 20 sections you know so i mean there obviously is an upper limit somewhere but health is a very broad niche and this is one of the things like when we talk about uh, like our business model like the authority site model it's more about rather than like in the past people would Uh, focus on something very specific like they'd have a a a blog about or a a website an affiliate website about uh, i don't know juicers um and then they they would have review all the juicers on amazon uh, build some gray hat links and that was their site um and then they might have another uh separate website on smoothie machines or, or something like that yeah and then another one about multivitamins and and whatnot whereas our idea is just like put them all under one banner and yeah, use sure. the overall domain authority, which we're constantly building up yeah. um, to, you know, help us in that way. Um,
0: Are you using any so- software to map out and, and track the uh, the site structure and and the new content that you're getting built? Any particular software that helps you do that?
1: Oh, I mean, the, what, what I will say is like we were not doing this in a very structured way at all with health ambitions. So currently, if you look at it like the categories and tag system is atrocious, but we've actually just spent a long like quite a bit of time remapping everything out and um, creating a, a proper category breakdown structure. Um, so that's kind of, we haven't implemented it yet. It's probably going live next month, but, um, that's been super, super, uh, difficult because there's not really any way to, when you have. Yeah. Uh, different pages in multiple categories it's really difficult to kind of map that out on one screen especially when you have you know 800 900 something pieces of content on there yeah yeah um so it's a little difficult i i, I mean we use mind maps we use workflowy quite a lot for this kind of stuff okay and cool. just google google drive um sheets uh, yeah. to to do stuff um was that your question?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm just having a look at some of the categories. Um, so with authority hacker, you say it's kind of more the, the, the approach going forward. Um, with the with the uh, changing of the URL structure for Health am, Ambition. Um,
1: well, it was it wasn't the URL structure. Like we were quite lucky in that we we had domain or HealthAmbition.com forward slash and then just the article. That was the URL. So there was no like forward slash category or forward slash date. Like, I think the WordPress default is. So, for us to move the categories around was much simpler. Oh,
0: I see. That's good. That okay. way,
1: the URL structure stayed the same. It's just the organization structure of the site oh, different. I
0: see. Going forward, when the sites get much bigger, are you going to have more of a silo approach where you would actually have blog posts attached to, to different uh, folders of the site?
1: Um, yeah so for all our new sites that's exactly what we do yeah um, we we will do this kind of like high-level mapping out of all of the broad categories we want to do um, within uh, within a niche and then we'll actually usually pick one category or even one subcategory and just start with that yeah and just do do that properly and completely and then once that's done we move on to the next one um, yeah so that, that's kind of our Strategy, so it's kind of like building a full niche site within within one site, and then building another one under the same domain, and then another one. Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of like that. It's
0: got to be the best approach. Yeah, the other thing site structure is huge, isn't it? I mean, it really is one of the biggest factors.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we actually did a pretty. Um, in-depth blog post about this uh, on Authority Hacker recently about the silo structure and yeah, despite having I mean we 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 actually had one ages ago and then we updated it recently but it's one of the most kind of complex things to grasp because a lot of it's quite conceptual like should you put. Um, if there's a, if you have a blog post about, I don't know, the best probiotics for runners or something like that, should yeah. you put that in the running category or the probiotics category or, you know, where does that fit in in your, in your health site, you know? Yeah,
0: that's true. That's
1: tricky. Uh, yeah. uh,
0: with, with the new silo approach going forward, will you be, will it, will it be true silos and there will be no interlinking, internal linking between them or what's, what's your take on? No, um, it's still still basically.
1: interlinks. Like, there's no, I, I, I don't really subscribe to like very strict kind of SEO rules. Like, if it makes sense to link from one place to the other, then we'll we'll do it for sure.
0: Cool. And have you done any kind of um, international uh, targeting with with these sites with uh, with specific folders or, or or types of content, or is it all? Um, like in Google Search Console, listed to unlisted, and you you know one content that you want to rank best everywhere in the world for that same same uh, piece of content. Have you done yeah, anything, we do, anything with that?
1: we do global targeting for all our sites. Yeah. Just because, I mean, there's maybe some examples where where it's 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 easier, but I, I would rather be a kind of small medium player in the global health space than a you know a level player in the I don't know. Um, Danish, uh, bicycle niche, you know, it's just, it's, it's so much bigger internationally, um, than, uh, than, than it is anywhere else. And
0: you think the, the benefit of that will always, um, win in terms of, of the trade-off of uh, if you were to target U.S. that has the biggest market and you know, you'd know you be able to rank better by selecting targeting the U.S. But you think staying unlisted, uh, you will actually get more traffic overall? Is that your you experience? You know,
1: or... I, I, I don't actually know what our settings are. I'll be totally honest with it's, you.
0: It's something I've only just recently been focusing on myself uh, as I map out a new site that um, could potentially have translated language is something that, that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, ranking in uh, in other uh, countries, so and I've been experimenting as well. And I actually turned off uh, targeting the UK to unlisted to see what would happen to my UK rankings, and they completely tanked. So it's uh, it's something that is it's, uh, I'm looking into, and it's very interesting to me right now. I don't know what the best approach is. Whether to just keep it very simple and have one piece of content that is uh, uh, you know for, for for global audiences, or to have specific content that is uh in separate directories and and each kind of with a separate google search uh profile and uh and then getting into hreflang lang and all that stuff. I have no technical background so it's uh, it's all quite daunting to me but
1: I think I think what i will say is that I think there's a lot of people who um are thinking about these kind of things way too earlier in their um in their kind of business trajectory. Um, you know something what you mentioned there like we don't do that on any of our sites, you know. And Health Ambition has uh, like what is it, six, seven hundred thousand visitors a month. Yeah. Um, so uh, unless you're kind of well into the seven figures or you know, seven figures income um, per year, per month, per month kind of thing, then um, it's it's just not worth it. It's, it's better to do more of what you're currently doing, you know, even somewhat successfully. Than to try and you know do something else and lose focus on 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 scaling your your current model, which is making money.
0: Just uh, put up similar web for, for health ambition. Uh, we're saying around 40% of traffic is from the U.S. Um, it's always going to be the the biggest market. If that's uh, at all accurate, I mean, have you thought about if you were to select you know focus on U.S. at the detriment of everywhere else? Could that possibly uh, bring in more traffic? It's just such a big risk. Because you just it unsettles everything. You don't know (laughs) what the outcome will be. But um, on on brand new sites, I just I'm wondering whether it's better to always have it unlisted or to just say, okay, I'm going to focus on the U.S. and I'm going to do better there at the expense of uh, other countries. I'm I'm not sure about that.
1: I mean, I'll tell you exactly. I just brought up our Google Analytics, so this is interesting. But 58.4% of our traffic this year has been through uh, from U.S. Uh, 7.89% has been UK, 6.42% India. So yeah. those are our top three. So, I mean, I I wonder
0: um, if you were have select US, whether that, uh, uh, I mean, the percentages would all change, but the actual uh, traffic from, from uh, you know, organic in the US, whether it would increase enough to... Uh, disproportionately, Disproportionately yeah. to the rest of the world. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I, I don't, I've been researching into this and I don't know what's best. I think... I'm worrying about something that, uh, like you say, is at a too early stage, but I just know that once it's set up, um, like changing it is a huge risk <laughs> and a huge un- yeah. unknown. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, as I said, I, I literally, I have no idea what our current setting is. It may be us and maybe, you know, the nowhere option. Um, you yeah. have to ask Gail <laughs> on that. I, I literally don't touch that. So yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, it's getting too technical for my for my ability to. Um, so yeah, what's your intention going forward then? So you're building up a portfolio of other sites, um, and you're holding all of these. Um, at some point on the on the horizon, could there be potential exits and and?
1: Uh... Yeah, so I mean, we we actually sold our agency mm-hmm. in uh, the January two thousand fifteen. Uh, we sold all of all of that business completely. So from that point on, we're fully focused on the uh, building authority sites. So it's just a little over two years now. Um, and the, I mean, we've we we spent probably the first year of that like figuring out authority hacker held ambition, mission, growing those quite a lot. And it's only in the last year that we've started rolling out more authority sites. So I mean, most of the new ones are still fairly young. You know, and it's not not massively significant uh, income wise. Um, And something like I I talked to the guys at Empire Flippers, one of the big uh, website brokers quite a lot. I'm good friends with them. And, um, you know, I'm always sort of like curious about like, what's the multiple that you can get like uh, of revenue for, for selling a site. And Gail and I have had many, many discussions about, oh, should we sell health ambition at this point? Or like, what should we do? Yeah. Um, And, it all comes back to like, well, to be honest, like all the numbers just keep going up and up and up and up and up, and I I don't see any reason to sell at the moment. Like, uh, I mean, I don't I don't know I don't have no nothing to spend that money on, um, uh, and True. so there's, you, you could have- there's no like business need for it like i we already make enough money that we can't really spend it fast enough on new content yeah uh, for, for our sites without becoming like incredibly inefficient which is something which we we don't want to do yeah um i mean you could so take the money,
0: I, you could take the money off the table and, and invest it and uh, compound it every year um you know getting three four potential years because you've got a very big site which gets more multiples uh you know maybe four years up front maybe even higher um you know, you could have that capital, you can invest it, it would compound, it would grow. Um, that's very attractive to me. That, that's definitely my approach.
1: To, to, see, to me, my investment is the site. Um, so I, I am much more confident about my ability to spend money on, spend more money on that website and see it continue to grow at an increasing rate than I am to, you know, buy a property, which is something I just did. And, uh, you know, I made a few mistakes with that for sure. Oh, interesting. Um, or invest it in the stock market or, or something like that. I think the the compound return of reinvesting profits in, in our own sites is much higher than I would otherwise be able to 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 make anywhere else. Uh, and I, I just see it increasing more and more. Like the multiples keep going up. Yeah. The traffic traffic and revenue for all our sites keep going up, you know, not crazy exponentially, but the, the rate of increase increases every year. So um, it it certainly doesn't seem like the time for us to, to sell it. Interesting. Sell any of these.
0: Are you um are you tracking the uh, the marketing cost that you're that you're investing in versus the the cash flow uh, additional cash flow that it's generating? I mean, it's it's a very hard thing to to track. But do you have any kind of uh, kind of return on investment numbers that uh, that you're tracking? Uh, because obviously, yeah. when, when you're purchasing a business that is around, you know, two and a half times, uh, two and a half multiple, then you know that's a potential forty percent ROI, which is insane. Um, but I mean, could you know investing in content be much higher than than that, based on, on what you're saying?
1: No. So I mean, we uh, we actually use uh, zero um, x e r o dot com um, for all our accounting, and we actually have it set up so we have. Uh, um, I forget what's called like uh basis of apportionment, I think is the accounting term. Yeah. Um so for each each income um like transaction and each cost transaction, we apportion it to a certain website. So if there's like, you know, AdSense from Health Ambition, we will it's obvious where that goes. But for example, like we have one or I think two hosting accounts. Like how do we apportion those? So we apportion those costs based on like different different things. So for like hosting is the number of visitors. For example, um, so what like health ambition will pay more hosting than authority hacker, for example. Yeah. Um, So by having all those tagging systems set up properly within our accounting system, um, which we've actually recently managed to automate fairly well, Um, we got some new bookkeepers who are pretty good. that allows us to see, okay, how much have we spent and how much have we made on on this site and actually include the kind of fixed costs or kind of broader company costs in that equation as well. So it, it gives us a, a more of a, f- a deeper financial picture of that. When it comes to actual specific pieces of content, though, like what, like what is doing well and what yeah. is not, we um, – we're we actually, uh, to be honest, our analytics up until very recently sucked. Like we installed Google Analytics, set up a goal or two, and then just looked at the traffic numbers and nothing else, right? Um, as a, as I'm sure, ninety percent of people who are listening to this right now probably do as well. Yeah, um, but it's only recently that we've actually spent some time to um, set things up properly, get tag manager up there. And we've actually, for a lot of, uh, I mean, for authority hacker where we're selling our own product, it's very easy to track. Um, like return on investment for a specific blog post or podcast, because we control the f- full funnel and we put our tracking pixels everywhere and whatnot. But for health ambition where, uh, you know, we have a lot of content, which is monetized quite heavily on Amazon. Um, and it's, it's a little bit trickier, but Amazon actually, um, and most affiliate programs actually have, uh, functionality, which allow you to, to do sort of uh, page level tracking yep. at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so Amazon, you can have different tracking IDs and you can request more. Um, and then we use each of those to, um, tie back like the traffic, the clicks, and then finally the income from that, uh, from Amazon back to specific pieces of content. Um, we update that sheet every month. Uh, it's quite simple with a bunch of XLV lookups and exports from analytics and Amazon. It doesn't take too long. Um, we can, we can do all that. So we have visibility at that level and at the kind of wider, wider level. Um, it's still, I mean, don't get me wrong. We still have a long way to go before this is perfect, and we we really have like dashboards and all that set up. But it, it is something we want to we work on eventually.
0: I mean, it's, I just it would be amazing to be able to uh, track the uh, the kind of the the return on, on new content to new revenue. Uh, but obviously, there's going to be a a, a time uh, time frame with that. I'm I'm not sure how it would be possible, but to know that. Uh, you know, if you're getting, uh, you know, every dollar that you're spending, you're getting two back or it's a 20% return or a 60% return, that would be fascinating because then you could compare, um, the opportunity cost of holding versus selling. If you knew that you could get higher returns outside, um, everything I'm doing right now, I'm learning a lot about investment just generally. Um, Mm -hmm. and everything is, is all comparing, uh, different yields, uh, and I'm finding it very, very fascinating. So I'm wondering whether you can get that granular and know that, um, you know, investing in new content is actually generating a higher return than um, if you were to invest in other assets.
1: Right. So I mean, like I, I only recently kind of got got in on the whole investing thing. Like I, I read a book, uh, The Wealthy Barber. Um, really, really good book, actually. And uh, that kind of told me about compound interest and yeah. buying an apartment and saving and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I, have had one or two investments here or there, nothing like fantastic, but as I understand, sort of something between five to 10% per year, um, is, is pretty decent. Um, and getting much more than that from, you know, stock markets or equities or, uh, uh even real estate is, is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I know for a fact that the most, the, the return on investment for uh, websites is much 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 higher than that. Um, in terms of, like, of
0: investing in content or purchasing other sites.
1: Um, in, in terms of investing in, in content, in terms of building our own sites. If yeah. you want to compare building building versus buying, yeah. Um, I would, I would say that in the long term, um, like I'm talking. I mean, depending on how established the site is, but like two plus years onwards, it's always better to build your own. Um, that assumes kind of you know what you're doing and, and stuff. But there's there's huge risk with buying websites that, you know, there's some like hidden like skeletons in the closet type backlinks. Um, or, you know, just, it hasn't, the keyword research hasn't been done properly. It's not structured out well. Yeah, exactly. Like there's all these kind of risks, which, which you have. And even if you know how to spot those and how to counter those and you find it's a site that's genuinely good, mm-hmm. um, you know, these days you're paying sort of like 30, 30 times monthly profit, yep. something like that. Um, but you know, for the same amount of money or, or for like a 10th of that money, you can, build that site yourself it'll take two years to to get there but or a year to get there even uh depending on on where you're you're kind of buying it but the uh the the return is just like infinitely infinitely better um uh, i find
0: so if we're talking about uh, a site that's doing just a thousand dollars a month uh with the sale price of thirty thousand uh, dollars mm-hmm. you think within him two to three years you'll be able to achieve that based on oh I mean a
1: thousand dollars a month is like that's nothing like uh, if you spend ten percent of that like uh, three thousand dollars on content you'll and content and link building you'll get that easily like no problem
0: okay interesting so you think you think uh, you know with the skill and the systems that you have uh, a three thousand dollar investment uh two years later after everything is is settled and and, uh, and, and links built everything everything done, you think within $3,000, you would be able to generate a $30,000 asset? Easily, yeah. interesting, no,
1: interesting, Not even, Not even a question. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Then it, it kind of um, begs the question. We, have,
1: we haven't done any um, uh, websites like on that scale, though, specifically. Like uh, As I said, we normally spend about 10K um, in the first uh, few months on, on a new site. So
0: what, do you, what are you trying to achieve after, say, two or three years, then, in terms of uh, monthly, uh, net monthly profit?
1: Um, so again, we don't really have a kind of, this is our goal of how much we want to be making kind of thing. Um, it's, it's more like, okay, so we're going to spend this and then see what happens. Um, and there's so many different variables that it's just impossible to predict. Some niches are just wait, make so much more money than others. Yeah. Uh, some are way more competitive than others, but then in the long term, when you do get there, you, you know, you really start making the big bucks. Um, um, so it's, yeah. No, I was just going to say it's just like a it's it's, it's a, a big uh, mishmash of like all, all sorts of variables there, so it's quite hard to predict.
0: What's your filter then for entering a niche? Is it the level of competitiveness and I- the ease of getting traffic, or is it about the potential, you know, earnings and, and net monthly profit that can be generated?
1: Um, so there's uh it's a a really good question uh and there's no kind of like one thing what we actually um have a have like a, a number of spreadsheets where we we've we've actually analyzed basically every niche online that there there is um at least at like a high level yeah and then we look at all sorts of different variables so i mean competition is is one again how do you define competition that's There's different uh metrics providers and different Mm -hmm. ways of looking at yep um there's you know monetization sources so like is there can you make money on amazon are there high paying affiliate programs you know like are a lot of people doing ppc you know these kind of things is it easy to promote on social is it easy to build links to yeah um is it uh you know popular with like uh, you know, teenagers who have no money or is it like popular with mommy bloggers who um, are very easy to get to link to you and also have decent amount of money, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, all of these things come into it. So there's no kind of like one defining factor. And I will say that the choices we've made, they have been quite varied. So sometimes we'll pick like a relatively easy, um, low-ish competition Um, sort of low medium income potential and then sometimes we'll just like reach for the stars and go all out on something like crazy which we don't know will work Um, and still you know it's still too early to see if those those are going to work do
0: you try and uh with all these variables do you try and get to a uh what do you think is a a a realistic potential earning per click uh for the uh, for the niche is that how you would compare because i guess ultimately the, the the best way of doing it because we're investing our own money in in these sites in in the content is to the, the site that that wins the next site is the one that has the the greater potential for for net monthly profit c- compared with the investment the the one that has maybe not only per click but I guess that the highest potential return based off that earning per click from all the variables from all the link building and and the this yeah. is that the the ultimate high level thing because
1: uh, i i mean i i i see where you're coming from with the, the the analysis like looking at like looking at like that but our so our issue at the moment is not like where's the most efficient way to spend our money um because we're making it faster than we're spending it um and so th- there's a real risk in that situation of actually yeah. going, starting to become very inefficient by like you know hiring writers who are too expensive or you know, just blowing money where you shouldn't. Yeah. Um so, so really ours, our our strategy at the moment is more around like creating um business models which fit in with our current kind of like ecosystem of uh, of projects. So where like our team members can can quite comfortably work on you know several different sites. Um, and we can kind of reap benefits from, uh, from the kind of like economies of scale there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, you know, like for, if, if we're doing uh, link building for a health site then it might make it like using those same, uh, people who have linked to us might be very useful for, you know, another kind of site, which is similar. So, um, you know, there's, there's those factors, which are a little bit more qualitative, uh, and, and hard to kind of put a number to.
0: It's true. Um, but then if, if, uh. You're in a position where you are pretty certain that if you were to invest 3000 in in any niche that qualifies, that you'll be able to you know, likely generate at least $1,000 net profit a month. Um, why wouldn't you just uh, set up hundreds of these? <laughs> if, if they pass all, all, all the filters um, and you know, the competitiveness is, is there, the, the sites to generate links are there, um, and you feel confident that you wouldn't cost more than a few thousand dollars and after a couple of years you've got an asset that's that's thirty thousand dollars why mm-hmm. why i mean the 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 margin uh is is huge there and if you know if it's a, a slightly worse niche if the writers are slightly cost more you've you've still got this huge uh multiple that you can generate um yeah so I'm just so trying, I, yeah. I
1: see I see what you're saying like the uh our thinking on this is not, um it's not so much like oh okay well if we invest this we'll we'll get back this it's we're looking at these different niche sites and we're seeing like a, a, a an uh, exponentially increasing uh kind of curve in in growth so and obviously like the bigger the niche is like the longer this can go on for obviously everything's going to plateau eventually um but it's probably unrealistic that we're going to get all our sites to that point. So, but, but the difference between having, you know, a hundred sites making one K a month or having one site making a million a month, Mm -hmm. um, which I, I think it would be much easier to make one site making a million a month than 30 making one K a month. Um, I'm sorry, then uh, I can't do math. I'm sorry. (laughs) Whatever, whatever I I said the first time, Uh, 1,000 a month Um, versus yeah. Yeah, w- when you have a hundred sites, like that's a that's a lot of like work to to take care of, and you're like doing a lot of stuff, uh, repeating a lot of stuff. Which, yes, it can it can be beneficial, but we're there's this kind of like exponential growth. So the, all those thirty sites, are going to plateau after a year or two years or something like that. Um, maybe a few of them will, will take off. Uh, who knows? But yeah. if you just focus all on one site the and really put all your effort in that and you've chosen the niche well and all this this kind of stuff then after five years you know you're making like you know seven eight figures a month on that that's great yeah
0: well like you say i mean there's no reason to, to do 100 different sites when you can build uh you know leverage the authority of, of your existing site create new categories create new silos um and do it all from just a, a couple of sites um if the
1: yeah. domain and, and also yeah also sorry uh, to interrupt you there um but getting from zero to a thousand is much more difficult than getting from one thousand to two thousand or yeah. from five thousand to ten thousand um so like when you get to that that stage of growth it's just you you just kind of need to do more of the same thing or it's it's not it's not difficult to double growth but it's it's quite difficult to get it off the ground initially or at least it feels that way
0: then i mean so you said that you listed uh, you looked at all the different niches um I don't know what the total number is, maybe 50, maybe 100 or something. Um, But ultimately, I guess, you know, there's only so many different high level categories, you know, health and fitness, marketing, Mm -hmm. outdoors. Um, I mean, ultimately, for these people that have hundreds of sites or are continually adding and and buying new sites, that's part of their investment approach. Why not just have five sites that pretty much, you know, you're able to write content on, um, everything that's out there within just those 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 handful of sites, uh, if if returns compound uh, with the age of the domain, then you know what you're doing. Your approach of just having a couple um, seems to be the the right way. Even though you could generate 10x over uh, over a couple of years starting from scratch, maybe it's 20x from from working on your existing site. There doesn't really seem to be a logical reason then for for building out new sites if your existing sites are broad enough to be able to 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 dominate uh in in you know a larger and larger number of niches
1: i think when you're talking about this on a portfolio basis that's absolutely the the correct case i think where where it does sometimes uh make more sense to to go a little bit more narrower to focus on something a bit more specific is when you're kind of like first starting out Um, to, you know, if someone was to start a general health website and they've never, you know, built a website or made any money online before, I'd say it's probably a pretty terrible idea. Um, for sure. But, you know, to get like, so it's much easier to, it's much easier to pick a very small niche or sub niche and then, uh, like dominate it, really get to know it inside out and be the, the website about, I don't know, like 1965 model trains or something like that. Um, yeah. But, uh, but
0: with the intention of broadening out right to the top o- over time, if you, if you view it as you know Amazon with its sub 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 categories, you start with the the lowest one. Uh, I totally agree. That makes that makes total sense. Less competition. You can become the expert, and then you know, every so often you jump up a category. <laughs> do, do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. That's that's basically our model. Yeah, um, I think it, it makes... Hit the nail on the head there. It
0: makes the most sense. I, I don't see any, any better way. And it's very interesting you saying that you can have a much higher return on your money from continually building uh, to your existing sites rather than purchasing. Um, and I would agree. I would agree with that. I mean if you're able to purchase a site and it comes with with uh, you know staff that, that are managing it and there's no time for the owner that's one thing and and you can still obviously get insane um, returns multiples are increasing so those returns are uh, are going down but that's definitely one approach if if you don't want to be involved but if you are an owner operator it doesn't really make sense to purchase sites when you're at the the skill level that you're at
1: yeah. I mean, your core competency is basically the, the operations of it, right? There are, um, companies out there that do kind of like investment portfolio, portfolio investments for websites where they will actually, um, take your money and then buy a number of websites and kind of like operate them. That's right. Um, yep. but my, my kind of view on that is like, well, if they're so good at that, like I, I don't really see why they need money to, to do that because when you're, good at that like you you just turn out so much money from these sites that um it just uh, doesn't really like gel with me like that 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 approach yeah Uh, very
0: very interesting um can i ask how, how old you are right
1: now i'm 37
0: i'm 31 okay In in 10 years, uh, or or maybe, I mean, for me, like (laughs) the 40th is coming up and it's kind of really focusing my mind. So, I mean, I quit my job when I was turning 30. I I really Mm -hmm. freaked out. Um, I set up a company and just quit (laughs) without knowing anything, without knowing how how to make any money online. I just, uh, I I was living with a a web designer who showed me how to set up WordPress and set up a dream host Mm -hmm. and and that was it. In the same way, I'm kind of freaking out about turning 40. Uh, And where was I going? Yeah, so for me... I, I want to be building up the, and selling these sites. I just sold a, a little authority site uh, last month through uh, through FE, and, and so my intention is to sell, build up, and sell uh, two more sites over the next two years, um, mm-hmm. and have this capital amount and uh, and be able to invest it, you know, any anywhere that I that I want. Um, but at thirty one, I, I wouldn't be feeling like that. So for me, I don't really want to be in the online game uh, as a as an operator, as a hustler, kind of. Past forty, it just doesn't really feel or sit right. I feel like I'm ready for a next chapter. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you, how do you view view kind of like nine years from now? Will you still be? Do you think you'll be involved in this, or do you think you will have, uh, you know, actually exited your your uh, your properties, or do you think you're in the you're in it for the long run and, and you'll, you know, no no uh, intention to to sell because of the cash flow that's kicking
1: off. So I mean, I. I find it very difficult to answer that question because forever for every nine years, like if you ask me the same question when I was 22, I know, like what I'd be doing or when I was 15? Like, crazy. it's just like, I can't really conceptualize like what my life's going to look like at, at that point in time. I guess I'm just, I think sorry, like yeah, I'm just, one thing to, sorry, God,
0: yeah, I just, I just, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I'm just wondering like, uh, the, the, the point was, do you, do you kind of foresee a time where you would exit
1: from, from online business? Um, I mean, not, not really. I mean, I can, I can definitely see like taking a step back. Um, like when, when our company gets to a certain point, like I think there's, there's definitely like you need the entrepreneur to step back and you need like a CEO type person to manage. I think we're, we're pretty far away from that. I mean, we have a reasonably small team, but you know, if we have hundreds of people, like I don't want to be like dealing with all that, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, I think maybe around that, that time, uh, like a hundred plus people, you you think about maybe like taking a step back into more of like an advisory role. But like, I love talking about this stuff. Like, you know, we we've been going for like an hour that like here. I, mean, I, this all, I, I love. This is I love this is like the highlight this. of my day. You know? Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> I, I love talking about the subject, and it's just it's so new, and I I don't have the answers, and I don't think many people do because it's it's such a new discipline that we're in. Even talking about online assets and you know selling websites is is a relatively new thing. Um, I mean, multiples, I don't know whether you've seen Empire Flippers listings recently, but they've, they've really spiked them up. Um, some affiliate sites are now going, I uh, saw one going for 45x <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. monthly net profit. Um, so, I mean, it's becoming more and more attractive to, to build and, uh, you know, the, the assets that, that we can build are, are more and more valuable uh, as years go by. It's a very exciting space to be in. But I'm just kind of wondering at what stage... Do we get out of this online game and, uh, you know, invest in, in more traditional asset classes or um, but I guess kind of retire? At What stage do we retire as the operator or or do we, you know, what point do we actually want to, to do that or, or maybe not at all? Um, I just don't really have yeah. any answers right now. I just want to get to a, a capital amount that I feel safe um, because it just doesn't feel real until I exit. <laughs> it's kind of paper mm. wealth and the, the cash flow is real. But the kind of asset value that you're building, it doesn't really feel real until it's in your bank account.
1: Yeah, I, that's a fair point. Like we don't really—I mean, like we still take like pretty low salaries, to be honest. Like with, I mean, we live in Budapest; it's very cheap, so we don't don't need very much there. And we don't, you know, um, we don't really have drive cars like sports cars or anything like that, you know. So. Yeah we're pretty modest in our living standards. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like some of these sites are worth, you know, like really a lot of money, which would, it, it definitely doesn't seem real at this point. So I don't know whether if someone came up to me and was like, Hey, I'll give you, you know, X million for this website that I would be, I, I would be like, Oh, actually maybe that's worth thinking about. Um, or, yeah. or not, like it hasn't happened to me at this point. So I, I, I honestly couldn't say like, but what, what I will say is like, yeah. I just, i really 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 enjoy like talking about this like doing it like figuring stuff out that i find it hard to imagine like i don't really know what else i would do with my time uh if i wasn't doing this i
0: know but i mean it's just it's so bizarre like i've I've, uh you know i've come from uh, a family where there's been no one who, who was in business um no one has had any any kind of real wealth um the fact that we can create wealth out of nothing, uh, remotely—you're in Dubai right now, you know—just with, with uh, an internet connection um, mm-hmm. is kind of—it it is incredible. And the fact that we can actually build assets um, that can make us a millionaire is is insane. And I mean, with the with the sites and and you know, you, you you guys are very open with with some of the. Uh, with with the income that the sites are generating, with multiples going up, uh, I know that you're in it with uh, with Gale and someone else. But I mean, you're you're probably very close, if not there, to having an offer where um, you know the both of you could become you know not just paper millionaires, but real life millionaires. And and to me, that's insane, and that's what I'm chasing, and that's what I'm going for because it's just I just I find it remarkable that we even have a shot, <laughs> just because yeah, I, I'm not from it's... that world. And so that that would just. Change everything, like knowing that I have that money available to me, like real money, not on paper, but actually mm-hmm. in cash or liquid or invested.
1: Um, what would you do with it?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm finding it super interesting right now. I, I love the whole kind of Warren Buffett value investing approach mm-hmm. more than you know getting tricky with trading and and getting but like and, wh-
1: why i mean like wh- but, what are you going to do so if you if you what's the difference between having one million, ten million, and a and 100 million
0: nothing n- for me nothing but getting to that 1 yeah. million will be just such a huge achievement personally for me um that's that's what i'm aiming for as soon as i can i'm trying to get there before i'm 40 by by building mm-hmm. up and exiting um
1: and then i don't i don't really think like that at all um yeah I, like Like having that money or like knowing that I have that money is not really a um, it doesn't really give me too much comfort or security. Like I'm always if I had that amount of money, I'd be wondering, like, oh, well, should I keep it in a savings account or, you know, like, where should I invest it? Is this going to tank? Is this the right currency? You know, the dollar going to fall? All that kind of stuff. It's
0: fascinating, though. To me, it's 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 a bigger game than business investing
1: um for, for me for me though it's like having that like skill myself so like i know for example that if you, if mm-hmm. i lost everything today yeah that i could i could feed myself next week you yeah. know i would be able to figure that stuff out i'd be able to build up an income stream doing something else yeah like these not necessarily <laughs> online marketing although that's probably where i go but yep. th- those like that kind of like inner confidence in your ability to survive in the world is kind of like more what it's taught me than, than anything else. Um, I know we're going a little bit off script here, no, but no, this, yeah. is, this is what
0: I love to talk about. This is, this is the ultimate kind of discussion. This is where I, I, I want to spend my, my time, uh, thinking and talking about right now. Um, mm-hmm. because it, I just, I don't, I don't really see a clear path, but, um, or a clear kind of, uh, you know, decision, like, well, what is, what is best? But for me, you know, once I achieve that, that amount, um, you know, spending my, my days allocating that, that capital, I just think it's going to be fascinating. And I'm, I'm learning it right now. My favorite podcast is called invested. Um, Mm -hmm. a hedge fund manager is teaching his daughter how to invest and a hundred episodes. And I'm, I'm listening to trying to get through two or three a day to catch up. Um, and I just, I find it fascinating. So, I mean, I, I, before I, got into online business, I quit my job and I started playing poker, online poker. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I found that, you know, business you can generate uh, passive income is a lot more interesting, it's actually a lot more creative, uh, you know, compared to the money that you can make through poker and how you make it it's far far better far better game to yeah
1: do. it's super interesting actually like one of my best friends is a professional poker player and like the the mental game of poker it's like really one of the most difficult things i think in the entire world like to be okay with just continuing your current strategy on like a losing streak like when you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars like i don't know how people do that but uh yeah
0: yeah it's uh I mean, I never got to any any you know, anywhere near that kind of level. Um, but even just you know playing small stakes poker, it's uh, it, it's it's it takes a huge toll uh, on you mentally, and you're always questioning and always doubting. And it's it's just like day trading, i.e., a terrible place to be. <laughs> um, I yeah. I
1: also heard that like when you're playing poker, there's this like software I believe that calculates like how how much you're up, how much you're down, and yeah, then yeah, you you, you track at, like your hourly hourly rate. Yeah. So like how much you're making per hour, and it's only something like. Uh, like an average average professional pro- poker player you know plays online mm-hmm. is something like 40 to 80 bucks an hour or something like that that's
0: high that's that's that's, that's kind of medium to higher stakes um the average yeah. poker player would make a lot less than that um without risking going bust in terms of you know bankroll management uh never yeah. never and like half
1: it. of them have like huge credit card debts because yeah. they like went down for a bit and it's just it's crazy I, I just I don't I, I could never do that I, I hate gambling
0: yeah I mean i've never been a gambler and so i mean i've actually set up my uh like uh trading brokerage account now and i'm not even going to place a trade until i'm i'm so confident that uh i've completely minimized the downside i don't really have any gambling instinct i've never placed a, a bet in a casino i've I've, uh, I've never bet on a horse or anything um yeah but i, I did get into poker i i Focused on it for, for a couple of years. I went pretty hardcore into it.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, poker, I guess, when you're playing professionally, it's not really gambling. It's just like playing the odds it's kind of yeah. like some, some, a bit more consistent than, you know, roulette or something.
0: It's as, it's as much gambling um, as, as trading is. So they're very, yeah. very similar games. But for me, uh, business, online business was a lot better discipline to be in than, than poker. And I think uh, investing, like proper value investing, like analyzing companies, um, and trying to purchase stock in public companies um, where the the price is is, uh, is underpriced, uh, you know the, the value you're getting is, is far more than the price, um, which limits your downside. Um, I think that game is going to be high level and more interesting, more complex than online business. Um, so
1: I've actually I started reading a little bit about that um, a year ago or two years ago, something like that. And um, I made a few investments uh, last year that actually worked out incredibly well. Um, but I have to say, like, I I just think there'd be few and far between. Like, I, I really can't imagine. Like, I I uh, invested in Nintendo like two weeks before Pokemon Go came out. Oh sweet! And uh, <laughs> I, I I can't like, there's not many situations I can think of with with companies like I know the market well enough to make these kind of like. Predictions, like even on a long-term basis. Nor,
0: nor me. I've just, uh, I've got a handful of of companies that I'm starting to to dive into, uh, you know, really, really deeply. Um, and it's going to take me months and months before I feel confident that, um, I'll have a justified position. Um, one of them is Shopify because I I know the platform well. I've had an e-commerce store Mm -hmm. before, uh, and, you know, that's a tricky one because it's not actually making profit yet. So the actual value of the company you can't uh, value in traditional ways and. Um, it's going to take me a long time to figure out what uh, are good uh, investments or not. but I, I, I find it so much more fascinating. Um, and it's just kind of a, a bigger game. I mean, with with building these sites, it's uh, a fantastic thing that we do. It's a great community. but ultimately, it do you not find that it gets a little bit repetitive?
1: No, not at all. Like I, I uh, I'm like a process geek. Like I really love like getting that extra 1% efficiency here and there and like tracking everything oh, okay. and that, doing all that kind of stuff. So for for me, that's like, that's what like really keeps me, keeps me interested. And online marketing is for, for me, it's more the end rather than a means to an end. Like, I mean, you, you could say the same, like, I mean, a lot of people like to say, oh yeah, there's a lot of money and it's easy and whatnot. But I mean, why not become like an arms dealer or, you know, a drug dealer or something like that? There's way more money in these things than, um, or start an electric car company than anything, you know, like building authority size, like way, way more money. Um, so I, I don't know, like, uh, I guess it's down to, uh, I guess it's down to, to the individual and like what, what you want to achieve at the end of the day. And I still don't have an answer for what that is, like what I want to do. Um, with my life later on, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll see. But just having the flexibility to choose is probably um, the greatest asset at this point.
0: What gives you the biggest kick?
1: Um, what do you mean? Like,
0: like is it is it winning? Um, I've. Uh, I've always been very competitive. I think I, I enjoy zero-sum games. I play chess as well. I do mm-hmm. like. I do have a tendency to enjoy destroying people <laughs> in in, friend, okay. in friendly, you know, ethical <laughs> marketplaces. You know, uh, you know, where everyone is. competing okay. with get people. I get, it. I get, I get it. a so, kick. I get a kick out of that. I, I get a kick out of winning. Um, I think is the biggest thing that that I do. Um, so for I have a really
1: good answer. To this. <laughs> so for me. Um, like I'm I'm a very very pragmatic, sometimes too pragmatic kind of kind of guy, and uh, for me it's like figuring out the optimal, the optimization or like the most efficient um, way that no one's ever thought to to do something. Like that that yeah, is yeah. like what, what gives me the kick. I'll give you a really good example. So I used to play this uh, this video game called uh, Eve Online. Um, it's kind of like World of Warcraft but in space. Um, and like I set up this, so it's actually within the game rules that you can scam other players. That's fine. (laughs) Um, it's, it's a very like sandboxy, you know, no rules kind of game. And so I set up this, um, scheme in the game, um, where we took like fake, we took investments for, to, for this fake manufacturing spaceship manufacturing program. Yeah. Um, and like did all sorts of like, uh, you know, portfolio analysis, market analysis, and like took all this money in and then pretended to actually build it up and like paid people out for four months and then grew it even larger. And you know, it, it it was a classic, (laughs) classic quantize scheme. Um, it's all completely legal within the game, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I didn't break any laws or anything doing this It's fine. Um, uh, but it was just super interesting for me like to, to do that, to like figure out uh okay so where is the kind of like hole in this system like why why are people willing to do this but not this like who which kind of people will they trust will they do this uh and and just kind of like i don't know like I, i'm not quite sure how to describe what what this is um like in to answer your question what yeah. what about that gives you the kick but it's like it's kind of like seeing the matrix or like you know just really like having a very very clear world like understanding of how the world or a certain business or a certain game in this case works yep. and like just kind of having that aha moment for how you can like not dominate it but just kind of like take advantage of 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 that in a in a way
0: do you have uh, certain kind of sub niches and areas uh that you're trying to to break into um, that you've struggled with or have uh, your tactics always ultimately uh, got you the win?
1: Um, They've always got us the win. I think when we had uh, our agency, we were fortunate enough to work with like a lot of clients in a lot of weird and wonderful spaces. So that kind of taught us, you know, like stay away from the online gambling niche and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you can do really, really well in there, but it's just like it's very it's like a whole different kettle of fish than, you know, health or online yeah. marketing.
0: Do you, do you not find it then too easy if if you know that, you know, you've got the skill level, the expertise, uh, the cash flow, the process um, and that you will very likely generate a return, um, you know, outcompete people um is there a risk of it being being too easy so i mean that for me is uh you know i know very little close to nothing now uh about investing and i just i think it's a bigger game with more upside and more competition and so that's uh kind of more attractive to me than uh online uh interested what you think about that yeah
1: no i mean um i again so like for for me like the the It's still interesting because we're facing all these new challenges with scaling and running a team and, you know, should we open an office again and like all these kind of uh, all these kind of different sets of problems which we're facing every day. And I think that's what keeps it interesting is that it's not just, okay, like today I'm going to come in, I'm going to do some more keyword research and make some more content and build some more links. It's like, okay, so now we need to hire a manager for the link building team and how can we get this system optimized and what software can we add to make this work better? And, you know, it's it's fresh for me every yeah. day. So
0: very cool. And do you have an office again in, in Budapest?
1: We So we got rid of our office in uh, like 2014, about six to nine months before we sold the agency. Mm -hmm. And then um we actually we opened another one uh in February and that lasted a month. (laughs) (laughs) February this year. February this year. It lasted uh (laughs) it lasted a month, a month and a half. Yeah. Um it's just like we'd been we'd gotten so used to working at home that and we it's been so it been so long since we worked in an office that we forgot all of the bad things about working in an office like having to furnish it you know having to go there in the morning yeah these these kind of like ne- negative points we we kind of forgotten and we thought oh it'd be so much easier to work with people face to face but actually in the two years since we didn't have an office we'd gotten really good at working with people online you know doing screencasts and um, you know uh, using Slack properly and and just really proper communication that there was no like zero advantage to to being in the office. Um so we cut our losses really quickly and um got rid of it.
0: Apart from having a really nice office, it's something that I want. Uh it's something that I kind of aspire to for no real reason. But just to have a really sick office, I just I think that would be very very nice thing to to achieve. Um
1: Yeah, I think I, I will say like uh when we went out first office for our first company, there was a bit of like kind of prestige uh, in there, like uh, you know, oh, you know, all the doubters about quitting my job, yeah, my exactly, parents, exactly. like they, they yep. see this is this is it. But I think ultimately that's kind of like uh, you making the decision, or at least I was making the decision then based on kind of like ego, like oh no, my oh, it's, office it's has to have ego, my yeah. office has to have a balcony, <laughs> um, of course, like that would be where are we gonna have our barbecue parties, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but it, it's. I mean, I don't know whether it's like I've grown up a lot, or I've just like I've realized that actually that ends up costing a lot more money than it should, and it's not efficient, and yeah, yeah. you know, there's better ways to better ways to spend that. But like, man, like having an office sucks. Like it's terrible. Like I would never. I wouldn't I, want I, staff.
0: I, I wouldn't want people around me. But I just <laughs> I want my own office, like a really nice own office. That's 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 all I really want
1: well I, I have a i just bought an apartment last year and i uh it's two bedrooms so i put uh an office in the the other room yeah. and i have like three monitors and a, a electric standing desk and all that all yeah. that stuff so um it's yeah, i guess that kind of takes takes care of all the yeah. uh functional needs
0: it's nice i mean i've got uh, quite a quite nice home office here as well and um I've been in lots of different co work I mean, I started working out of coffee shops so and then went into lots of different co working spaces. I moved into my own uh, office room in, uh, in a kind of co working building. Uh, I've mm-hmm. tried it all. Um, I'm now very bored of working from home. And I think the the only thing next for me is to be able to get into the financial position where I can justify and enjoy a really nice office. I don't think there's anything better than like a madman um, or a. Uh, a, a billion style office that's my new favorite tv program uh huh. it's something that i would i would like but it's it's not necessary but remote working can get a little bit uh isolated and uh i quite i would quite like the separation again but being around people really pisses me off
1: <laughs> do you do you have kids not uh, not yet at no, home no not yet. okay so like i, I um I, I think it's different obviously you know if there's a lot of noise and distractions at home and stuff but like I I mean I don't I don't have kids but um, it for me working at home is I could I can't do it anywhere else I've tried co-working spaces co- like coffee shops I have no idea how anyone does any work in those things yeah um, like it's it's crazy like I have to be at home in a silent me room, too it's got to be complete uh, silence to, to um, get get anything done
0: but uh, yeah no there's no new, it is complete silence where I'm right now but it's just it's it it doesn't feel I would like the idea of like being up high having a, a, a view that you can look out and, and think really big
1: I think mate, I'm, I'm 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 literally sitting in my girlfriend's apartment I'm looking directly <laughs> at the Burj Khalifa uh, the tallest building in the world in Dubai right yeah, now that, so that, that helps you know that's, that's it's nice. not it's not it's not too difficult to to get something like that
0: that's cool man that's very very cool how, how much longer are you out there for
1: uh, just until Saturday, uh, so I've just been out for two weeks and then uh, back to Budapest for uh, three weeks and back here.
0: How often do you make it back to UK?
1: Oh, like never. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I went back at Christmas yeah. uh, last year for like the first time in quite a while, Yeah. Um, but hardly ever. Like, I mean, I should go back more. Um, there's like direct flights from Budapest to, to Edinburgh, oh, wow. um, so it shouldn't be, shouldn't be too difficult, but it just, you know it sucks <laughs> it really sucks so like uh all my parents or friends and stuff come out uh, to budapest quite a lot so
0: yeah i'm is. not a huge fan of the uk uh, gotta be yeah. here right now for my wife's work uh i would mm-hmm. much rather buy somewhere incredibly good value in slovakia uh and, yeah, and, and exactly. be based out there amazing summers great winters yeah uk is, is not ideal <laughs> it's it's never been ideal for me um yeah i, I guess to finish then like what what uh it's kind of like the high-level goal over the next kind of three years. Maybe is it a revenue goal? Is it uh, what? What would you say would be a real success, or what are you, you guys working to to achieve? And, and be what position are you try to be in in maybe three years, or or do you not think like that? Um, so I mean, we
1: don't we don't really think. Oh, we want to be making this amount of money. Um, like it's it, it is about the money. Obviously, that's a big motiva- motivating factor. But it's not at the same time. Um, I, it's hard to explain. I think in terms of like to quantify a goal, I would say in like five years, five to eight years, I want to build my own house, like the billion style house, you know, <laughs> nice. um, and, and yep. do something like that, which is like, it's really, if, if you're in the right part of the world, like in Hungary, for example, it's really like not that outlandish to no. to, to have something like that. I not know. At all. And in Slovakia, um, most,
0: vast majority of homes are self-built. Yeah, yeah,
1: because it's just so cheap to hire, you know, a builder, or a yep. plasterer, or joiner, or whatever, uh, in in these places. Um, you know, even architects, like super cheap. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's that's kind of what I what I want to do um, in kind of like five to five to eight years time. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, in the meantime, I j- just more of the same, really. Like I, I have a pretty good life right sounds now. Sounds like you're in a good place. Travel, man. <laughs> travel a lot. Um, like our businesses going really well like yeah. we we've hired some really 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 cool people um i love working with with every single one of them it's it's awesome do you guys uh um, so more of the same
0: do you have physical in-person get-togethers every every year or so
1: yeah so um we have quite a lot of staff in budapest mm-hmm. um who they all work from home but uh we're since we got rid of the office um we're actually doing uh, every second week we meet up face to face for our weekly meeting and um also go for lunch as well and you know like random nights out here and there and stuff um for like the further field guys in like you know thailand and america um we're actually i'm pretty sure we haven't finalized anything but probably this summer we'll do our first like in-person meetup uh for for most people but honestly like more than half of our our team i've never met them before face to face yeah um and is uh shane
0: from thrive is he in budapest as well
1: um no so oh, i'm okay. not actually sure where he is at the moment so shane and paul uh his co-founder um they were in budapest for i think it was like a year or so a year or two um and they've i mean i know paul's he's been like traveling quite a lot and they're talking about coming back and buying a house there and stuff like that but yeah i, I honestly I, I i don't know i haven't spoken to them in a while so um any any other uh
0: dynamite circle people or other online entrepreneurial people uh that you're meeting up with locally
1: yeah so actually uh through the dc um i i only joined it i think like two years ago or something Mm -hmm. and each summer in budapest there's like more and more uh people uh of like the nomad type people show up so i think last last uh june or july we had 18 people at the a, a weekly meetup um which is the highest and the previous year i think 12 was the maximum and i'm expecting more this year when are you having uh, and there's actually quite quite a few i'm not sure um just like or just generally over the summer there's like more and more cool, people cool. flock to flock to budapest but there um uh, there's more and more people like staying even during the winter uh now from from dc as well yeah um so yeah it's it's definitely like a. Up and coming kind of hub, I city. think so.
0: I went to the one in Prague last summer. I spent the summer out in Slovakia and uh, and drove to the one in Prague. Uh, and it's a that's a that's a cool, amazing city and a, and a great uh place to to meet up with people. Um, but yeah, I'll have to, I still haven't uh, uh traveled south to, to to Budapest yet, so I, I need to, I need yeah, to just be careful,
1: next. you might end up uh, <laughs> living here, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of interesting places, there's a lot of good discussion in the DC about other countries like Bulgaria and. There's, I mean, insane uh, cost of living there, and you know, studio apartments for under ten thousand euros, and um, mm-hmm. the the arbitrage that you can that you can have from from online world is is incredible, and it just makes yeah. me sick living in the UK and paying the rent that I'm paying. If it was a mortgage, it would be an even larger sum. I just, I think it's a a terrible. I just don't really like expenditure. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, same here. Yeah. I
1: mean, like I'm in Dubai, especially like you pay eleven pounds for a pint here. It's it's insane. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's not good. Okay,
0: really great chat, mate. I really appreciate your time.
1: uh Thanks a lot, man It was fun. Anytime, cool. me let's too. do it again.
0: Me too. Brilliant stuff. Cheers, Mark. And uh yeah, be in touch soon. Thanks, mate.
1: Cheers, Rich. Bye.
0: Cheers, buddy. Hey guys. Wow, what a great chat. Amazing episode. What a legend, Mark is. Makes me a little bit sick that he's only thirty one and I'm thirty seven. But hey. Uh, you've got to start at some somewhere in some age. Um, URL for this episode again is richardpater.com forward slash authority hacker. And if you enjoy the episode or the show, if uh, you could please leave uh, a review or a rating. If you haven't done so yet, iTunes would be uh, would have the biggest leverage. They got the biggest ecosystem, and uh, that helps more people discover the show. But hey, iTunes sucks and I use Stitcher. So um, if you figured out a way to do that on Stitcher, uh, I haven't actually found that yet. I probably should just try and figure that out myself. Uh, but if you're using Stitcher and there's a way to give us a thumbs up, that would be awesome. Uh, really helps get the uh, get the content out. And I think, I think you know, this show is doing pretty good. If we can get people like Mark, his caliber and, uh, and record an episode where I had that, you know, the, the amount of fun that I did. Uh, I hope that you guys did it too. I think we're onto something here. So uh, I'll leave it there. And I've got a couple of episodes in in the bag that I need to get out. So expect more content soon. Should be back on a weekly schedule. I have said that before, and I have, you know, I guess uh, I'm not going to promise that, but that is my intention. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Cheers.